1: Welcome back to another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. I'm your host Anthony and thanks again for everyone who's tuning back into the show. It's been a little time since we've jumped on the pod but it's a long off season and like I mentioned kind of toward the the tail end of the championship that kind of revert back to a monthly cadence when it comes to the episodes just so we can get kind of all the information that comes through and one orderly fashion so this is the October edition for everyone that's tuning in and Happy Halloween. Hope everyone's been doing well out there and got a big-time show. I wasn't expecting this much information this early into the offseason. Let's see, we crowned the champion in August, and it's only October, and we just talked in September. So already have a ton of news, ton of things trickling around the big three, and not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, this is a league that's continuing to grow, so we'd expect more news from a, a month-to-month basis. But, man, it's going to be a packed show. If you read the title of this, you know that we have a great guest on in Tri-State's Devin E. on the back end, so make sure you tune into that. Or if you're not interested in the news side of thing, you're just interested here in Devin, feel free to skip, skip ahead. But um, before we jump into all the news and what we're going to discuss today, uh, make sure that you're going to follow uh, all the pages on social media at 4 T H 4 Pod, on all social media platforms. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and hit that notification bell. been dropping a little bit more content, unusual and more is to come it's been a little slow coming out the gates i think that we went really hard in the summer and took a little bit of a longer break than expected some personal things came up hey but we're we're back now we're grinding and we you know we've been doing some things behind the scenes it hasn't just been all a relaxing time you know we've been we've been kind of gearing up for this part in the off season so some good things to come on both the instagram twitter side of things as well as youtube side of things so make sure you subscribed and following over there uh, as well as for any kind of breaking news and things like that on the social media side. Uh, also, I want to give a big shout out to Believe as always for uh, you know just being a supporter of everything we do, letting us you know have a platform to talk about the Big Three in the first place. So appreciate everyone at Believe. And we'll jump into it. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about on the show. Um, pretty much what we're going to go over today is the Department of Justice investigating the NBA over some certain allegations prohibiting the Big Three to grow. Enemies has a new captain and head coach, and then we're going to go through the awards just a little bit and see which ones are valid and maybe who got snubbed in those awards. But let's start with the maybe the biggest news, I feel like. It's not necessarily on the court, but as we all know, throughout the Big 3 season uh, and and maybe even a little bit before, Ice Cube kind of went on a a, a tour, a podcast tour to, uh, I guess it was titled Fuck the Gatekeepers Tour to kind of explain what's been going on in the background when it comes to the Big Three League. Now, we all know the challenges that they face coming outside of COVID, but I think some of those challenges have been a little bit more emphasized because of some other things going on. And he had mentioned throughout this podcast store on various different platforms that the NBA was essentially prohibiting the Big Three's growth due to a variety of different things, Um, not letting players in the league if they wanted to not letting owners invest into the league and probably most importantly for a startup uh in this juncture not um are basically discouraging companies to sponsor the big three and it came out recently and i want to go to this article for reference but it came out about a week ago that uh, this is from TMZ. The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating the NBA over alleged antitrust violations targeting the big three. Um, So TMZ isn't also always, in my opinion, (laughs) I guess is the most reliable source. But, uh, you know, Cube did confirm this. Multiple other stakeholders within the big three confirmed that this is true. The Department of Justice is investigating the NBA. And basically, there, these are allegations. First off, these are allegations that the NBA denies, but basically, what they're looking into is that they are, in fact, uh, limiting the big three's uh, growth opportunities by discouraging different members of, I guess, associated with the NBA from investing and, and investing into the big three. And you know, it, it does kind of make sense if you think about it, because if you think about so, first off, This has never been a league that's here to compete. This has always been a league that's supposed to be a complementary league. They don't overlap within the season. Um, It's extra basketball for the hoop junkies out there that wanna see competitive basketball and maybe a different format on a big time stage. So that's never been the case, which never has made sense. Then you think about all the other NBA players and the amount of pro-am leagues that go on in the summer in 2023 nowadays and how many NBA current NBA players are competing in those leagues. Okay. And then you look to the fact that you have NBA Hall of Famers, longtime NBA vets playing in the league and the NBA has been outright that they want to support their players not only during their time in the NBA and the brotherhood, but because it is a brotherhood support them um, once their time in the NBA is over. So it always has been a little bit odd that the big – and and Cube obviously referenced all this on his podcast, uh, maybe not verbatim. But, you know, he mentioned that he even uh, said the NBA he, – he would give them a percentage. They declined that, um, a, a percentage of the league, and that they wouldn't charge them for it. They declined that. So it always has been interesting. But I'm interested to hear – how some of these uh, investigations go on with the Department of Justice. Like I said, the NBA has denied any allegations, but um, you see, I mean, you see that, I don't wanna say with a little bit more freedom, but a little bit more in the movement of player empowerment within the NBA. And and there are some people that are a little bit more, uh, I guess within the mindset that like, hey, I'm gonna do what I want, regardless of what the NBA says, this isn't, and an indictment on my contract or anything, that they're willing to go out of their way to to support leagues that they're invested in. Um, we saw that with Jalen Brown playing in the All-Star game. There are rumors about another NBA player playing in the All-Star game. So it's just interesting. I, I'm curious to see how this investigation plays out. I think the biggest thing that is really stunning to me and why, um, if it does come out that the NBA has been prohibiting and – uh stopping you know people from investing into this league uh the biggest thing is that this is you know the first black owned sports league black owned is a black owned business you know within the sports league and the nba has always mentioned that they are you know they they always talk about um supporting uh you know black owned businesses uh etc and I feel like it's more of they're willing to say some of of these things, but they don't necessarily act upon these things always. So it would be be very – I don't want to say astonishing if that were the case because it has felt like that. It's like why wouldn't this league be growing um, based off like what they were doing within the first few seasons and the amount of traction it gained this year with, uh, you know, going back on tour. I don't know. I mean, obviously there could be other factors. There's a lot of money – capital you need to grow a sports league, but it would be, I, I guess the word I'm I'm looking for more so is just, it would be a little bit, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it, it would be a little bit demoralizing that the NBA, a league, you know, that probably most people that watch the big three love because they do love basketball is stopping another league from growing. That's pretty much made up of guys that were in their league previously. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out. Obviously, this only came out a week ago. I don't know how long this investigation is going to go on. Um, I was trying to read some quotes within here, but there's nothing was necessarily quoted. It looks like they reached out to the league for comment, and NBA spokesman Mike Bass addressed the allegations of sponsorship and TV network interference, saying those claims are not true. So, We'll see. And they also mentioned that they've been supportive of the big three since its inception, but we declined to invest. So interesting that they said that because again on that podcast tour and on the podcast tour, Q mentioned that, you know, they've heard from other people, other other parties associated with any, you know, there's two sides to every story that they haven't been supportive of the league. So it's kind of a he said she said at the moment but my gut especially with someone like ice cube who pretty much everything he turns to gold anything he puts his mind to is impactful or is a success my gut is that i'm gonna you know and maybe i'm a little biased because this is a big three podcast but i'm gonna i'm gonna assume here that there's there's a little more going on behind the scenes that we don't know and I, i'm gonna probably side with ice cube like why he wouldn't just be saying this to say this is Is basically what I'm saying. So we'll continue to keep you updated um, as as we continue to hear a little bit more news. I don't know if this will be, you know, obviously we're having episodes every month. So I don't know if this will necessarily be something that we hear about every month. But uh, hopefully they can make some, you know, uh, quick discoveries within this investigation. So something to keep an eye on. That's probably been the the biggest thing that came out. Um, Probably a good thing I didn't record until... Literally the last day in October because I um, thought about it a couple times prior and wouldn't have got this information out there. And I don't think anyone would have wanted the way to hear this if you haven't already seen it on social media. So um, we'll see how things play out. Moving on, uh, big news within the actual league. Already a you know roster transactional move. And actually done so by our new Big 3 Champions enemies who... I think everyone knows the writing was kind of on the wall, so we'll keep it pretty brief, but Nick Young has been promoted to head coach officially, and Jordan Crawford has been named enemies captain heading into the 2024 season. So congratulations to both of those guys, not just on a tremendous season winning the championship, but also got new roles within the league. You know, um, I think, you know, like I said, the, the writing was pretty much on the wall. Nick Young was interim coach down the stretch. And I think when we saw Kilbert Arenas uh, sitting uh, as a spectator in D.C. during the playoffs, I think that's when it kind of confirmed it. But, you know, throughout the course of Nick Young's coaching tenure, there's a case to be made that he was probably one of the final three contenders for coach of the year. He lost one game as a full-time interim head coach. And I am curious to see if Will he be one of those player coaches? And how does, how does that dynamic work? If you have a player coach, do you still get five other players on your roster? And you're also allowed to suit up as an extra sub. Like that would be an interesting dynamic into the league. I would assume no, but we'll see how things play out. And then on the other side of things, to fill his place, because Nick Young pretty much played in two games. I think he played in the season opener against Trilogy and then some of the final minutes against Aliens. Jordan Crawford has been named the captain. So already this team was going to be sticking together, but I think Jordan was definitely the engine that made this thing go, especially early on in the season when they got off to a one-and-two start, kind of the one getting getting everybody together and saying, hey, we can do this thing. We just got to take this seriously and come together as a team, um, probably a little bit more, and also get him the ball more. <laughs> and uh, he'll come down, make some clutch shots, and put up some big-time performances, which he did. So – you know, congrats to Jordan. I know he's a big proponent of the big three. He's one that, you know, we've talked with him on the show, and he it's more of what he's bringing to the big three, not what the big three is offering him. And what he's brought to the big three is just, obviously, some b- amazing big-time performances, uh, some very entertaining uh, basketball, and but also, too, just continuing to uh, elevate and, and showcase kind of the the pros of playing in the big three and and what what the big three has to offer um if you do get the chance to play in this league and why it's a it's a it's a league that people should be willing to to play in um time and time again. So we talked about that on other shows. Obviously I won't go through that but I'm excited for Jordan um excited for Swaggy P and excited for this enemies team. I think the biggest question is is who do they go out and get? Because they do have an open roster spot now. Um, typically teams that win a championship, they bring back the same team as last year. Uh, maybe change minor changes here, here and there. But so Enemies has a chance to do that as well. I know that Jordan uh, had talked a little bit about trying to bring Marshawn Brooks into the fold. But I don't know how that team looks because right now you have Elijah Stewart and Isaiah Austin as your co-captains. If they return... You'll have to go get somebody within the draft, and I'm assuming that draft position won't be very good. And I'm assuming someone like Marshawn Brooks would not be available for the enemies at the end of the first or second, or first or second round. It probably would be the end of the second round, I'd imagine, is where their pick would be, uh, just based off um, the history of the league. So we'll see if <laughs> we'll see who they try to, you know, maybe go after in draft. I'm sure Jordan uh, seems like. He's good friends with Marchand, and it would probably just be more of a, if he gets drafted, oh, well, like I'm happy for him anyways. He's probably, they would probably have some backup plans, obviously. But I'm assuming that's maybe one of their number one targets. We'll see. We'll have to see. But Enemies making the first moves of the season. So as a champion, he's kind of setting the tone there and making their moves. And it looks like they're looking to run it back. So uh, excited to see what other moves are are going to be made and I'm, I'm interested to see if these moves will be made early in the offseason like I said as a growing league you expect to see a little bit more news and uh deliberate uh, kind of deliberate moves to kind of inch closer throughout the long offseason to to you know ultimately try to make a playoff and win a championship you know I, I'm sure some things are done throughout the entire offseason in the background but hey they kind of stamped that first transaction and we'll see we'll see what moves are be, to be made next Last thing I want to touch on, because um, it's been a while, I know these awards were announced a while ago, but we haven't necessarily talked about, talked about them on the show, so just want to kind of briefly touch on them before we get into the interview with Devin, um, and that's the the different awards, and so we yeah, had multiple awards throughout, or um, named recently, I want to say in September, and maybe early October they were named. But just to go through them real quickly, we had Earl Clark winning Defensive Player of the Year for the second straight season. Had Dominique Johnson winning Fourth Man of the Year. We had Michael Beasley winning Too Hard to Guard. George iceman Gervin winning Coach of the Year with Ghost Ballers after taking his team to the playoffs for the first time since 2017. And we had Joe Johnson winning the MVP for the third time in his career in the Big Three, uh, we also had Mike Taylor winning his second straight uh, Best Trash Talker of the Year award as well. So, first off, I want to say congratulations to all those guys. You know, not an easy award awards to win, obviously, uh, in, a, in a league that's got a ton of competitive players within here. But a uh, couple things to note here: I do feel like there were maybe a couple snubs, and I'm I've always wondered, like, do they? Count the playoffs because of such a short season, or is it like any other league where it's basically just based off what you do in the regular season and the playoffs don't matter? But regardless of the playoffs not mattering, I'm very surprised to see that Jordan Crawford's name wasn't mentioned in any of these awards. I thought he would be the MVP. I thought honestly that he would win too hard to guard as well and kind of kind of take home similar awards to what Kevin Murphy did last year. Jordan Crawford name was not in here at all, uh, so I was a little bit shocked by that. I thought that there was potential that Justin Demon could win fourth man of the year, but you know I think I do think Dominic Johnson is the best um or arguably the best you know guy off the bench he can he he plays every game off the bench um he he's an elite super sub he closes games out he hits game winners pretty much on the reg he's their closer pretty much on this team. I think he hit three game winners this season, multiple last year as well so he's a the guy they go to in clutch situations so um, but i did think justin dentman uh, probably deserved some votes maybe he got some votes there as well uh thought somebody from enemies would win coach of the year but i guess it's because nick young kind of took over his interim and gilbert arena's coach at the beginning of the year that didn't necessarily couldn't necessarily decide on who should take it and maybe nick just didn't have enough games. so i'm not saying that iceman wasn't deserving of it i'm just saying i thought I just, I guess, I, I guess my thought process here is this: an enemies team that started one-two was not expecting to make the playoffs. Nobody was expecting to make the playoffs just based off past history. And for me personally, a little bit of letdown uh, after believing in them. Thought somebody from enemies would be within the award conversation here, but that was not the case. Uh, so, let me know in the comments of this of this video: who do you feel like? which player or coach do you feel like was snubbed of one of these awards out here? Um, Joe Johnson had a tremendous season, obviously led triplets to their second state or not their second straight, but their second championship game in their history. And they've been in, in the league one of the shortest amount of the times in, in league history, uh, you know, coming into the league in 2019. But I do feel like, um, uh, i mean and michael beasley there's a there's a case being made that he could have potentially won mvp with the kind of season he had just didn't necessarily uh translate over to win so maybe that was kind of the factoring decision there but i guess i'm just thinking here that joe johnson or i'm sorry jordan crawford at some point within this this award section should have been mentioned um but you know obviously maybe give him a little bit of that motivation for next year he won the championship but now it's you know maybe trying to get some of those individual things. I'm sure he doesn't necessarily care about those things, but I, I do feel like based off a post he made where he felt the big three could have done better. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it is kind of a, was well, probably a little bit shocking to him as well. And I know the players vote on this stuff too. I and mean, and i based off my conversations in Miami alone, when I was there, there was a lot of people that were stunned. Um, and amazed at what Jordan was doing. So I just feel like he would have got more votes uh, depending on when they voted. Hey, it looks like based off some of the videos they did that they knew some of the votes already. So maybe they do it at the end of the regular season uh, because Nancy Lieberman was in London uh, presenting an award or two, but who knows? Um, They say the players vote. Uh I don't know. Maybe that, I I don't want to I don't want to speculate on anything. I'm just saying I feel like there is a couple snubs here. Jordan Crawford being the main one, but um you guys let me know what you think. Uh congrats again to all the guys who did win the awards. I mean, at the end of the day, Joe Johnson at the, at the moment is is kind of going down as like that first you know, kind of going down as the goat right now the big 3 until anyone says otherwise. But still only that one championship, so um I don't know. We'll have to see three, three MVPs is hard to beat though. He's had an incredible run within the big three excited to see what triplets does next year with this team. Um, you know, kind of established and, and figured out now that they've had a full season together and made it all the way to the championship. So we will see. Um, but that is all the news to go through, uh, from September and October. Obviously there's a lot of guys playing in respective leagues overseas. Um, Maybe some guys playing in the G League. We got a couple guys coaching in the NBA. So hopefully all their seasons are going well. If anything of significance pops up, obviously I will try to to get that up get get to that as much as I can. But I am trying to really center as much content as I can off this past season in the Big Three and some things in the future. But as we get you know kind of later in the off season, where we're kind of in the middle of like we're three or four months past the season being over, and three or four months. From the, the new season getting started, there might be a little bit a little bit of a lull where I can highlight some of those guys. So that's the goal. Um hope those guys are their seasons are going well in the early parts of um you know their their 2023, 2024 season. But as far as the news from the big three, that's all we got for this month. So appreciate everyone who's tuning in. Again, if you're not already, make sure you're following at Fourth Man Pod on Instagram, Twitter. All other social media platforms that is where you'll get any kind of updates breaking news player transactions and ultimately some content that we're about to drop here soon so make sure you're following over there make sure you subscribed on youtube there will be a couple exclusive things coming on youtube i'm trying to dive into the short section a little bit more so it might be a little bit more um, exclusive to that make sure you subscribe over there so you know when that stuff drops and again just want to give a big shout out to believe as always for supporting the show Without further ado, I appreciate everyone who's tuning in, and let's get to our interview with Tri-State's Devin Ebanks. Today we have our first off-season interview of the season, and we're welcoming on Big Three rookie and Tri-State wing, Devin Ebanks. Thanks again for coming on, and welcome to the show.
0: No, of course, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate being here.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. It was a joy to watch you in your first season with Tri-State, but I kind of want to take it back. Leading up to the journey of playing in the Big Three this summer, let's kind of start with the now and the past because you're back in Saudi Arabia with Al-Hilal. You just won a championship with them. You've won a couple of back-to-back championships, and your two previous overseas stints. Kind of curious, uh, just around what made you want to go back and, and rejoin Al-Hilal to hopefully you know capture another title for
0: them. Uh, for me, it was pretty simple uh, to come back here. They uh, they almost held me hostage in a sense uh, last year um, with my money and my flights because they wanted me to uh, resign. They didn't want me to hit the market this year. So, um, But I, I love these guys. They take care of me here. Uh, they take care of all my needs. When my family wants to visit, it's no problem. Uh, I get as many tickets for them as I want. So that was uh, you know that's something great on my end. Um, and yeah, as you said, I've, you know, this is my back-to-back championships. I won previously in Bahrain and I won in Saudi last year. So I've made my my niche here in the Middle East. Um, as you can see, they're throwing millions of dollars at people around here nowadays for soccer and basketball is slowly but surely growing to that as well. Um, we actually got a really good talent now in Saudi this year. Uh, actually, Kevin Murphy just signed to my rival club. Mm. We staying the same hotel, too, actually. Mm. So. Um, the, the talent is, is coming out here to the Middle East, and I think uh, the world is getting put on notice.
1: Yeah, you and uh, you and Murph might be the two biggest imports over there by the end of Yale's career. I mean, I know Murph is playing yeah, a few places
0: yeah, over there. He briefly spoke to me uh, while we was in Big 3 before he got injured, asking me how i like to hear. And then uh, maybe about two weeks ago, he texted me asking, him, asking him about the team uh, that he signed to now. I told him, go ahead, because I'm, you know, I just want better competition out here he yeah. you know he's been in the middle east as well uh for a while so he knows how it is in the middle east he just won a championship in lebanon so um you know i just want good players to come out to the middle east you know as much as they can so uh to grow this to grow the basketball and um to expand everything and um and the money's not bad here too either <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> it's a good stop over here
1: yeah for sure uh, you're also the reigning import player of the year, but let me let me ask you. I mean, I'm sure it helps too when you got more competition over there, just to kind of solidify you know that status right. as the reigning import player of the year. But I want to ask you about life off the court as well. I think we you know we do hear a lot about the money being thrown around. We do hear about the soccer culture being really strong over there. What's it like as just a pro basketball player living over there in, in Saudi Arabia? Uh, you know, off the court.
0: Right. No. To be honest, um, if we're just going to talk about basketball in a sense, I feel like. You know, they're taking huge strides as far as, uh, you know, bringing the talent here. Like LeBron was just here maybe three weeks, four weeks ago holding a clinic here. Mm. So uh, it's kind of taking basketball more seriously, seriously here from my previous years being in the Middle East. I first came here in 2016. So back then I was playing in Dubai. It wasn't really no culture here. You don't have fans in the game even now. it it won't be as many fans but the fact that we won here in my city in jeddah saudi arabia the fans around the city they're excited um my instagram goes off every day here with these fans so you know it's just a good feeling especially uh with my club last year we won all three championships here in saudi we have to play for three cups Mm -hmm. um so we won all three last year and um, that was the first time they ever even won a championship, let alone three. So, um, I just, you know, took advantage of what the opportunity I had, great teammates, great organization and coach Deandre Liggins is my second import. Okay. Um, nice. So, uh, you know, we have a good chemistry. He came back with me as well and, uh, be ready to do it again.
1: Yeah. i all gonna have a solid squad. Deandre's nice. And, uh, I, going back to the fan base, I think that, like you said, will definitely expand and grow. I, I, I was noticing, I was following Dominique Johnson from Killer Threes, his journey a little bit last year. I think he's playing for Al adihad or I, I might have mispronounced it. Yeah. But I, I could just tell, like him, just being on that team and them kind of making their their strides and runs. Like he had a ton of following, just following his you know his his journey over there, not only here in the stateside, but over in Saudi Arabia. So I feel like sports is a growing culture over there for sure. I want to take it back just a few more years. I know you mentioned 2016 was your first time going in Saudi Arabia, but you played in the NBA previous to that. You spent three, three four years with the Lakers, 2010 to 2013. Got a chance to play with Kobe Bryant. Um, had some success over in the NBA as well. But wondering if you have any good Kobe stories or any memories that still stick with you today here in your basketball career.
0: Well, um, This is always one story I always go back to. It's It's pretty simple, but it was something that stuck with me. It was... It was just like a random, uh, a random road trip. Uh, can't really remember where we were at. Oh, Houston, I'm sorry. We were in Houston. Um, and Kobe asks me to stay after, uh, we have a, like a light shoot around. We got the game uh, the day of. We have a light shoot around, you know, i get my work in and Earl Clark is on the team as well at this time. So usually me and Earl over there shooting and talking crap to each other Then he asked me to stay. Uh, He's like, oh, just stay behind. Uh, You know, I just want you to, I want to rap with you a little bit. Well, he didn't want to rap with me a little bit. He wanted me to sit there and watch him work out for 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there, I'm not really realizing why he asked me to sit here because he never did that to me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, This is my third year, by the way. So once we, uh, once he finished working out, he comes to me, he's like, why do you think I asked you to stay here? I'm like, to be honest, Kobe, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even playing this game. I'm just coming to get my work. I know I'm just whatever the case may be. So he asks me, like, well, what did you get from me wanting to stay here at the, at the end of the practice? I said, you, Kobe, you going to stay here at the end of the practice? Are you are going to come in the morning? Like, you know, it's normal. Like, all the stories we hear. Mm-hmm. He's like, good. I'm glad you paid attention to that because I seen you walking out the gym the previous two cities and I ain't getting no extra shots and nothing up. And he said, he wanted me to sit there and watch him work out just to know how important it was to get your extra work in. And that the fact that he wanted to be there, he didn't have a coach approach him to get extra work or anything of the sort. Uh, D Ham was my guy at the time. He was mm-hmm. the Lakers coach right now. Uh, he was there working out with Kobe and uh, you no, know, basically they, was basically grilling into me that day, like, look, nobody should be asking you to get no work in. You the you the maybe the third string small small forward on this team. Like nobody should be asking you to work out. But I feel like they said that to me, knowing that I had the potential to be great or mm-hmm. to be good at least. Right. So like, you know, that's one of the stories that it sticks with me, you know, even to this day. RP Cove, that's my guy, I got a tattoo with my man. Like he was one of my my good friends and definitely a mentor from 2010 to 13, for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the stories I always think, like I said, it was so simple, but it was like, it really just stuck with me. And that's pretty much took me on and carry me to my career and where I'm at now.
1: Yeah. And rest in peace to code for sure. But I think the bigger, I guess, like the, the takeaway I have from that is that like, everything you hear is true, but like just the type of mentor he was, wasn't just to like, uh, a couple specific people. It was to anybody he could he could lend a helping hand to. He was trying to provide guidance, and so for you, it was like, you know, hold me accountable, hold hold others accountable, but hold yourself accountable first. And so this is another exactly. dope life lesson to hear from Kobe Bryant. And again, rest in peace. That's cool. I'm sure that sticks with you as you're uh, at the end of practices. You're making sure you get every shots day. <laughs> like, like even
0: since then, I've been to be honest, like I I really wasn't no workhorse even back then. But um nah that once he did that, that kind of like got me in gear, bro. Like I put in my hours or you know, crazy enough, as we speaking right now, I got my trainer that I trained with in Atlanta. I just got him a job here. So he's about to land in like two hours.
1: That's what's up. So
0: he definitely finna be getting yeah. back to it after after practice and all that too. So um but that's just a little sprinkle of my you know with my stories and my uh what i experienced with cold you know what i mean so
1: yeah that's what they always talk about being in the right situation as well being a right being around the right people for you i think that that's obviously you've, you've mentioned that's kind of huge to where you're at right now so that's dope right. um last thing and then we'll, we'll i mean this is kind of related to the big three but last thing and then we'll get into kind of how, how the big three journey came about and just your experience in year one but there's been a lot of conversation on this topic of discussion. I think Jeff Teague's podcast started it. I'm not sure if that's the main source, but there was a question posed around, and you might have heard this 50 mil in a chip or 100 million just straight up without any championship. And the reason I bring it up is because there's a couple coaches in the big three that have both had their own takes on it. We saw Gil kind of mocking yeah, the idea about yeah. it. And he said he's taking the 100 mil, no questions asked. And then we saw he's Steven sad. Jackson who had a different perspective, um, said, you know, if if you came from the land of poverty, you would understand that 50 mil is enough and you want to be known as a winner and get that championship. For you as a player, I I wanted to get your perspective on which side you kind of lean towards and the reason behind it.
0: Uh, For me, I kind of stand with uh, Stack on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like he's very, he's right in the terms of like, you come from nothing, 1 million is enough for you, I feel yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if the, the fact that you can make 50 and still have a chance to go win a ring or have a ring, I would definitely take that because I've had the joy of winning, you know? Mm-hmm. Stack had the joy of being around winning, mm-hmm. you know? Championships, like, so it's different for Gil in the sense of what he was thinking, right? like he signed for big contracts in the NBA. He was a killer, right? Like we never taken that away, but I understand where's that coming from though. I think that resonates more with me. Um, I'm more, I'm playing for free at the end of the yeah. day. Like, <laughs> it don't matter what age it is, I'm playing for free. You don't even gotta put no money down. But to win is this, when we talk about it and when we we'll old men and put the ball down, like we only remember who won yeah we don't remember that 60 we remember who made 300 million in the league like we all making money right so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're not allowing the money that much it just depends who you are in that situation and what it means to you that's what i feel like it differentiates for certain people yeah but yeah for me give me the 50 million ring that's me
1: yeah i think that's the same for me too it's about legacy for me at some okay. point, that's just my, but you make a good point about perspective because the interesting thing is too, is that Adrian James, who was old, Indianapolis Colts running back was on Jeff Teague's podcast. And he talked about it in the sense of like, well, also if you grow up from nothing, like you want to continue to stack and stack and stack and continue to build yeah, course, what yeah, you yeah. have. So it is all about perspective. That's, that's a, and, really and come point. on, man. It's not
0: like act like 50 million. You can't invest. With right. 50 I mean, that, that's what I'm saying though. Like, Even
1: from like a middle-class family, like a million's a lot of money, right? So like, (laughs) you don't just need to be in a poverty situation. You just need to be in a situation where you're living paycheck to paycheck. Like a mill would go a long
0: way. I feel like that kind of conversation, this conversation is more pertaining to your lifestyle, pertaining to the individual and their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's all, because it's not the same for everybody, right? Like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, all these dudes who's 200 million in. They don't care about money. Yeah. Right? They're chasing legacy, rings, Hall of Fame, status. Mm-hmm. That's what they're chasing now. Ask a two, a second year guy on on a second round contract this mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants the 100 million. Hello, like, come on. Yeah. So as I said, these debates, they're fun. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, I'm always in the comments. You can probably catch me. I'm the one always saying something. I like to troll. That's. A guilty pleasure of mine, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm in tune with reality. You know what I'm saying? Like every other day, I mean, uh any other, any any person in their situation, maybe they need the hundred million, maybe they don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Nobody's wrong, nobody's right to me.
1: Yeah, no, I feel that too. It's just funny to me too, that it's like the people that have seen a million are the people having this conversation and talking about it. Like yeah, not to say your perspective doesn't it matter. It is
0: millionaires having this conversation, right. by the
1: way. <laughs> right. Like would you want another 50 mil on top of what you already have today or would right. you want another 100 mil on what you already have today? No, it's just it's just funny. It's all about perspective, though. That's a good point and, and situation and right. what you prefer. But I don't know. I, I kind of like also, too, not to say that I would agree with what Gil is saying about taking the 100 mil But I like his stance on everything, just because he's got a good joy about it, you know. Yeah, Gil. Gil
0: At the end of the day, he's found his niche, his second niche in life, and Mm -hmm. it's basically trolling. And I'm here for it, bro. Like, like, same. I love. I love. Like the first time I even encountered Gil was in the Big Three. It was my second trip, and funny enough, you seen that he basically left the team, right? Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't coaching; Nick was coaching. Mm -hmm. The second, the second trip. He acting like man, we we ain't even gonna make it past four or five games. We we gonna get cut. Like, and look, enemies went to the championship. So,
1: like that's nuts.
0: That's how you know Gil really just be trolling. It's for click entertainment. I mean, he has a voice, he he killed in the league, so people gonna listen to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's you funny. just gotta respect respect his hustle at the end of the day.
1: Facts, facts for sure. Let's talk about your big three opportunity. I'm not sure if this was your first time that the idea was presented to you. I feel like most people I talk to, it's not their first time presented. They've been asked two or three times and they're like, fine. But for you, what was your experience in getting this opportunity? How did they come about? And why did you say yes this year? Mine
0: mine was a a roller coaster, to be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I got approached way back, like what, I want to say 2019, 18. Mm. Couple years ago, and then um, it just never really came to fruition. And then last year well, not last year, the year before um, I actually did put my name in a draft and everything. Due to me winning the championship in Bahrain, I couldn't get to the tryout and everything. And I was texting a few guys I knew that played. He said, Oh, you don't got to try out. You, you know, somebody will pick you up, you know. So I didn't get to the tryout. Um, Watched the draft. I literally got home and watched that draft that year. And I was like, man, I ain't get picked up. I was like, cool, whatever it is, what it is. And then, um, you know, it kind of stung a little bit. You know, as a player, you just feel like, yeah, you should be there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, especially three as far as, like, you know, it's former NBA and, you know, the talent wise. And, you know, for me as a player, I know I fit the mold of this league. So. Yeah. Um, but no, this year, totally unexpected. I'm coming, in, I'm coming <laughs> back from Saudi. Another ring on your finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not worried about nothing. Mm-hmm. Didn't put my name in the draft, didn't ask about the big three, nothing. I'm planning to be in a different country every other month. <laughs> then I get back my first day, literally on my phone, I see Devon seven picked the Tri-State. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you didn't I'm put like, your name bro, in? I didn't put my name <laughs> in. I didn't put nothing in. I didn't. And and T Scott is my guy. Like, mm-hmm. I've known T Scott since like my first year with the Lakers. He used to run a little uh little hoop session back in the day in the summer. And T Scott was the one who hit me the the previous year about big three. Like, bro, you need to put your name in, come to try out or something. So I'm like, whatever, bro. Go ahead. I know you're running it, so put my name in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't get picked up. So this year, I was just like, whatever. I didn't even care. Like, like I said, I just have one. I, I was doing my thing. I'm signed already. As soon as I touch back, I'm good. Like, I was ready to have a good family vacation, me, my wife, and my daughter. But, boom, big three comes about. And to be honest, like, I'm happy that it happened. Like, I'm I'm very blessed and grateful. That, um, you know, Coach Irvin, Julius Irvin, Mr. Irvin, um, my cap, Jason Rich and Justin Detman. you know, they felt that I was a good fit. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm definitely grateful to all three of those guys. You know, they was kind of the pillars behind them, me being
1: there and,
0: uh, you know, being able to participate this year.
1: Yeah. Now that you're bringing that conversation up, I think I think it was J.D. who told me he might have slipped your name. I can't be, I could be wrong and go back on a few episodes from earlier in the year, but I, I have to, I'm like remembering this conversation I had with JD where he's like, yeah, I slipped his name in last minute, pick him up, <laughs> but I, I might have to go back on that. I don't want to talk for JD. Right.
0: No, no, to be honest, I do, I really do think JD was really the front runner on this. Uh joining mm-hmm. their team, um, especially him and Deshaun Stevens, they're tight. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun's a boy, uh, I've been knowing Deshaun for a while. So um, once he seen I didn't even know I thought he was still on the aliens and I didn't even know he was on Tri State. He hit me up like my wife told me you are Tri State and <laughs> welcome and I'm with them and I was like, man, this is funny how God works sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now um, I feel like JD's definitely that behind behind the scenes guy we hey. doing all the uh the gm work over there so he does a job. are
0: gonna be somebody's coach at gm someday trust me book yeah. that one yeah <laughs> we'll stamp that one for Man, sure Man's always on top of everything
1: <laughs> yeah and y'all had a really solid team honestly like the way this was constructed right. we're talking championship aspirations from the entire big right. three community and everybody who was a part of the the league um not an easy way to ask this. Obviously, you got to get off to a good start. Things kind of snowball into, obviously, what you guys weren't expecting. Just from my perspective, it seems like it wasn't necessarily a cohesion thing. It was just, like, which lineup's worth the best at certain situations. For you, what do you feel like kind of led to the the midseason slump and then ultimately made it tough? I mean, because you made it through the eight-game schedule. It's just kind of a, the midseason yeah. slump that messed you up.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, um. It was pretty simple. I feel like we just didn't have the cohesiveness, the, you know, the the chemistry that we needed, right? Like, um, we're adding two new guys, Ray, JD, right? They, you know, uh, Rich, Um, you know, they've been together. But at the same time, I feel like when we won those two games, just like anything, we kind of, Drop our, you know, our edge a little bit. We was feeling ourselves a little mm-hmm. bit, and boom, we run into triplets in New York, back home, where I'm from. So, and that kind of is what snowballed it a little bit. But as you said, it was a more of a lineup thing, kind of, kind of trying to gel me and Deshaun into Rich and, and JD. Um, you know, as we've seen uh, towards the end of the season, I started coming up the bench Yeah, because coach Irving, you know, he felt like he wanted me to be the offensive punch coming up the bench. Right. So, you know, I was fine with whatever role they wanted me to be. To be honest, I didn't even expect to start game one. I was like, I want to, you know, I'm just here to try to help y'all. You know what I'm saying? it is was my first experience. I don't really know how it goes for me. I feel like we underachieved given our talent. Given our size, we had size, and uh, you know what, we can all contribute to each other. I feel like, but all that with all that said, I feel like our main thing was just we didn't didn't have enough time together or yeah, play together. So I feel like if next year, God willing, we can keep the same kind of squad, I feel like we're going to be a force to reckon with for sure. With a healthy Jay Rich, too, he had a yeah, maybe was. Yeah, Bumengu for at least three, four games towards the end of that. So, uh, one of the games we lost, Aliens, he wasn't even there, right? Yeah. So, you know.
1: And they were kind of in I a moment like, where it was like. You
0: know, obviously, every team has their what-ifs. and Yeah. it I was, you know. So, but for me, I feel like, yeah, we definitely underachieved as a team. I think that's the mutual feeling. We all had big expectations. The league had big expectations of us. So, um, I think. If we can have the same team next year, I think it would be a different story for sure.
1: Yeah. You bring up a couple of good points. One, with the, in terms of how you guys were trying to fit together. Like you're talking about bringing in Deshaun, who had a completely different role with Aliens. He's an all star. Yeah. He's kind of carrying that team to their first playoff, the opportunity right. in a sense, you know? And two, you bring up time because a lot of people, there's a lot of. There's a lot of, I don't want to call it complaints necessarily, but there's definitely a lot of gripe around people who bring politics into play. And that's going to be a part of any sports league. But especially here, like, you know, there's a reason why that's there because there isn't a lot of time. You need to have almost, like, chemistry coming in to make sure that you guys get off to a good start that you need. For you guys, getting off to a 2-0 start might have helped you and saved your season to get all the way to the eight-game start. Whereas other teams fighting from an 0-2 hole don't necessarily have that chance. So – you know, I, I think you bring up a good point in the sense that, like, time is limited within this league in terms of just practicing together, getting the schedule mm-hmm. together. I mean, not everyone is going to be willing to stay in one city like, like, that like it,
0: it, it, In my opinion, not to cut you off, in my opinion, I feel like um, I was kind of like the black horse in this situation because they already knew Deshaun, mm-hmm. Deshaun originally. Uh, I mean, uh, Jay Rich and uh, J.D. already played together. Uh, Ray played together all. That's true. Yeah. Then I was kind of like, you know, that what if the question mark, like, yeah, we know what he can do, right? Like, but i never been in the big three. It's a different game. You know, to be honest, it's a lot more strenuous than I anticipated. We're going to just, you know, three on three, but there's no clock. No. <laughs> like, guys is coming at you full throttle, very physical, no mm-hmm. calls. Like, so, you know, for me, it was definitely a learning experience. And, um, you know, I feel like I got off to a good start in the beginning. And definitely. Then, um, you know, obviously we went through the slump and it was very up and down from there. So uh, for me, like I said, I, if I do get the opportunity to play again and be in this league, I, you know, I got a taste of it. And now I, you know, I see my mistakes. I watched, you know, tape. I'm that kind of person. I want to watch all the games out there and stuff like that. So, you know, I see, you know, little things we can, you know, fix. But um, like you said, we have big aspirations in the beginning of the season this year. And um, we just didn't meet that. But I feel like now that we got that season under us, if we can get this same team back, mm-hmm. trust me, we'll be for sure at least top three teams next year. I, I'm ready to book that, to yeah. be honest.
1: All right. Yeah, definitely. And I think definitely you made your case too, to be able to do that. Like, you know, I asked some people, is this the most talented league you've ever been a part of? And people say, like, I don't know about necessarily talented, there's been a lot of talented leagues, but competitive, like people willing to come in and really want that chip, like for sure. So Oh no,
0: you gotta be ready to play every Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Ready. It ain't you can't just be out there thinking it's it's sweet, man. Like Yeah you got you got real professionals out there every night mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying even the aliens right we lost to them like you gotta be ready to play every night no nights off in this big three that's that's for sure so but, like i'm like i said I'm, I'm happy to get back to it hopefully i get back in this thing next year and yeah you know I'll, and we we'll take it from
1: there yeah we'll see if they expand they've talked about a Maybe a possible expansion with a couple teams. So, I mean, I think it Yeah, I heard. And did not see,
0: I was out here in Bahrain a few days ago. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. Just kind of it's scouting cool. a little bit, doing a tour. I don't know if he's
0: scouting or,
1: you know, doing some
0: promotion business or big something. Three, yeah. Like, yeah. I was out here in Bahrain a few days ago. I had posted it on my page. He's in Bahrain. It, what I posted, it said something in terms of the big three. Okay. So, him as the CEO 70.
1: has made a lot of strides for this league. Like him right. just putting himself in that position has, I feel like, made a lot of strides for this league. So I'm interested. He's trying to grow this thing international. Let me ask you about yeah. playing, uh, <laughs> just with the uh, under Dr. J, alongside Jay Rich, who, I mean, like what he's doing is just unbelievable, uh, especially at his age. <laughs> um, let me just like, what was that experience like? I mean, like talk about Dr. J as like a legend and then you're just, he's your coach, you know, the next day. <laughs>
0: There ain't much I can say about Dr. J. I mean, he speaks for himself, to be honest. Uh, That was my first time even being around him. And uh, to be honest, he's just a real cool, collected kind of guy, man. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really... Even on the coaching side of things, he's more encouraging, more confidence-boosting than, you know, yelling, shouting like some coaches would. saying any names, but there's a few big, <laughs> big <be> cool. <laughs> you know, that's a little louder than him. But uh, no, man, I, you know, Dr. J, you know, for me, I was more being a fan, being around him, to be yeah. honest. He wasn't even, for real. He was, I was just in awe that I was even around him, to be honest, I had a bunch of family, you know, my grandma and <laughs> auntie and stuff like that, yeah. like, wow. You know what I'm saying? So it was more like just fan, just appreciating to be around him type of thing. For me, um, more than the X's and O's. But you know, regardless, right? I respect everything he said, anything he told me, you know. You know, it was times he pulled me all onto the side, like, "Yo, oh, be more aggressive with the score, you know, things like that. And of course, coming from him, you know, that just gives you a little extra battery in your back. So yeah. you know. I said, I'm, I'm just, I was just grateful for the whole experience this whole summer.
1: Man, that's dope. Yeah, he seemed super chill. There was a couple of times where it's like sitting in like those NFT ownership sections or whatever, just got a pass from somebody and he would just walk up casually. Like he was just an average yeah. person, which, you know, he, he is just a person at the end of the day, but like he was just super yeah, casual yeah. about it. Just chill. No, just... you,
0: to be honest, sometimes you kind of forget that he is Dr. J. I had a, <laughs> I actually had a moment alone with him and In Mm -hmm. Memphis, we had to share a car together on the way to the hotel. It was just me and him, 20 minutes just just talking like normal people. Like, I just forgot he was Dr. J for a minute, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was one of them things like, you know, I appreciate the genuine person out of him, you know, at the end of the day. For sure. It didn't even have to do a basketball or nothing
1: like that. I feel like you get a lot of good guidance and advice from him, maybe similar to the way Kobe would also yeah, give you some for some advice for, like that. So
0: I'm 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 one person, you know, if you know if you ask about me, I'm listening to my OGs. That's just it. But yeah. Um any OG talking to me, I'm listening. I don't got much to say. I'm just soaking the game up. So that's just me. I respect my elders. I respect who did it before me mm-hmm. ten times better than me. So, you
1: know. Yeah. That's all I really say on that. I feel that. Reflecting back on this past season, just from a league perspective, which team do you feel like surprised you the most just outside of, you know, Tri-State?
0: I just, obviously, I feel like everybody's going to say enemies. You ask anybody that, right? Like, if you it just being around the league, I feel like anybody watching the league throughout the summer would say, like, yeah, they have talent. Obviously, nobody's, like, you know, a for sure win in this in this league, but in the same breath, it was kind of like people didn't take them seriously, mm-hmm. and you know, my guy Jordan Crawford definitely <laughs> put the put the three on notice this year, which he got snubbed by the way, but that's another conversation. Mm. But um, yeah, man, I feel like MTS probably was one of those surprise teams this year that you know they put the whole league on notice that. They're not here to play games. They definitely got a good group on um, size, you know, with, with Quincy and Isaiah, and then you got a killer with JC out there. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Stewart, he, you know, he could kind of do everything. So, yeah, and then you got Nick. He didn't play that much, but just hearing his voice, right? Like in the games, in the arena, you hear his voice. He's annoying. So
1: like, it, it, they, they put it together.
0: You know what I'm saying, and and them them boys hooped this year for sure, and they deserved everything they got.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a run that was a little unexpected, but I think JC definitely maybe you know, instilled a little—I don't want to say pressure, but definitely a little bit of like, hey, let's like seriousness, and then
0: uh, JC is a dog, man. Listen, I was I, I had I had committed to Indiana University. A lot of people don't know that I was I was supposed to replace Eric Gordon. JC was still there. JC was a dog back then. Very serious back then. It wasn't no. Um, this ain't nothing new. You know JC. You know he's, he's very serious about his craft. Like so, it wasn't nothing new to me. Once I see him going on that tear when he played against us in the next game and the championship, I'm like, these boys gonna win, bro.
1: Cause he not he not playing. Would you say he he's the playing. toughest guard in the league this year? Or is there someone else that sticks out to you?
0: Mm, I would give that to Mike Beasley. Okay.
1: <laughs> He's a dog, too. He's a killer. I mean,
0: obviously, Jay-Z killed. Like I said, you got snub. I feel like he was—he should have won MVP for sure. I, I would you know, have
1: seconded that for sure.
0: That was my vote. I'll say it. But, um, no, nah, I mean, hardest to guard obviously, is Bees, bro. He's a lefty. He could do everything. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even play against Bees this year, but I'm just watching some of the games obviously i know him so i'm just like definitely the hardest to guard still
1: okay just had to confirm that there anybody <laughs> outside of yourself obviously want to see you back in the league anybody you'd like to see play in the big three next year that hasn't played in the league yet that you think would fit really well
0: i'm beginning on my teammate deandre liggins okay
1: he would be a great fit in the big yeah.
0: three yeah it's not all offense with him he plays d mm-hmm. uh He's rebounding. He's gonna get you dimes. He's a team guy. You know, I feel like he will be caught. You know, the big three, the defensive level is like, I would say middle range, right? Like, but I feel like if you add a person like him, like Liggins, he's gonna be up in some of these guards, pressuring them, turning them over. So he will add a different dynamic to the big three on the defensive end you know like my guy Earl Clark he's a defensive player twice a year now I was joking with Earl I was with Earl all the cities pretty much I'm like man when you started strapping up like this <laughs> but he been strapping I ain't gonna lie my guy my guy got his defense up crazy but that's why I was telling the legs. when I got him like I feel like the victory would be a good thing for you bro like especially he's at that You know, that guard spot where he can face a lot of good guards and, you know, it would be a good matchup. I would love to see him and J.C. going at You know what I'm saying? And a good offensive guy, right? So, you know, he he would have a lot of matchups that I think a lot of people would like to see.
1: I would like to see that balance a little more, too, because, you know, there are, like you said, you can't really be a specialist in this league, right? Like, there's not a lot of roster spots for that. Right, exactly. But, like, what you're describing is, like, someone that's – like what? Five of the six things like he does really well, you know. Like would definitely be a good fit in there. And like to see some of those good like isolation. Like we get a ton of ISO situations. So to see exactly a lot of those like kids, imagine the fire, right? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I got my money on legs in that battle any day against anybody. You not let nobody score. <laughs> Especially love, with the calls that they
1: they don't give, you know, in this league. Yeah. Like just as physical as it is. Like, mm, like yeah. that'd be nice. Um, look out for DeAndre Liggins. Just keep that in the back of my head. Right. Last thing I want to ask you here is just like kind of your overall thoughts on the league, you know, after playing in your first year and had some time to reflect, maybe even off the court, getting to hang with a, a lot of the guys you're mentioning, you've been teammates with known for a long time. So just overall thoughts on your first year in the league.
0: Uh, to be honest, um, me and my wife, we, we always do like a little debrief before I go back overseas. And I always, I always tell her like, look, this is probably the best summer I had. In 10 years, um, big three being a big part of it, just getting getting to be around old guys I haven't seen in however long since the NBA. And you know, to be honest, take the basketball aside of it. It was more just like the brotherhood, just bumping into dudes in the lobby and you know, in an elevator in the gym and wrapping up, you know, making jokes and stuff like that. So for me it was it was a great experience that I want to continue. I hope I can make it a part of my summers now um for me it made it made me busy in the summer i have something to do uh something to look forward to it's better just you know working out and training and playing meaningless open runs all summer mm-hmm. you know you still have a little competitive edge uh during the summer and um you know that that more so i was just grateful for the just the brotherhood of the whole thing
1: to be honest man that's dope to hear and get to spend time with your family in the in the meantime so yeah. that's dope to hear and like you said, hopefully get to see you in the league next year. I'd like to see a lot of the same teams like kind of like stick together as a core. I know it's sure. it always happened because of the way the league is set up, but would be good to see you back with Tri-State. But I want to just congratulate you on your, your first year. Best of luck in Saudi Arabia, and thanks for taking the time to come on.
0: Of course, man. I appreciate you for having me, and uh, I know we have a long time coming with this. But uh, no time like the present, right? Appreciate yeah, you.
1: Facts. appreciate it. All right, that was our interview with Tri-State's Devin Ebanks. Just want to say a big thank you to him for taking the time. He's starting his season, or recently started his season, in Saudi Arabia, and we had that conversation um, a few weeks back. But he was kind enough to take the time, um, you know, during, his, during the start of his season where I'm sure a lot of things are busy um, with the time difference and everything. So I appreciate it. I really enjoyed the conversation, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing Devin back in the Big Three next year. Whether it's with TriSet or not. I think he, you know, started figuring out things down the stretch. And I I think based off what he showed this year, he's definitely gonna be a guy that can contribute for a team, whether it's tri or not. So best of luck in your season in Saudi Arabia, Devin, and appreciate you and appreciate everyone who tuned into this this episode and to the interview. Again, just wanna continue the heart. Make sure you're following the show on social media. This is where you're gonna find the most information, the most content throughout the off season. Gonna to try to do as many interviews as possible, obviously. But in terms of just day-to-day content, which I've been slacking on a little bit, but day-to-day content that is to come, social media is your best bet for any Big 3 content if you're investing in the league like me and some of the other people in the community. Um, Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and that'll do it for this episode. Um, This is pretty much the October edition. Again, happy Halloween to everybody. Hope everyone has a good night and we'll see you guys next time.